Guy here from the Blood Red team. Hope you're all well and sorry to interrupt, but we just got a quick message for you before you get on with the episode that you're listening to. And while we don't have any football right now, here at Blood Red, we have got our own transfer news to let you know about. From now on, our podcast channel will be hosted on the Global Player app. Well, what does that mean? Well, don't worry. If you listen to us on any other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine. But to get our pods quicker than anywhere else, you might want to download the Global Player app as our pods will be on there before they're released on any other player. The Global Player app is available to download on iOS and the Google Play Store or wherever it is you get your apps from. You can also find them at globalplayer.com. That's all from me. I'll let you get back on with the episode that you're expecting to hear. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. 32 years to the day, Liverpool welcomed Tottenham Hotspur to Anfield on an afternoon on which the Reds would wrap up their 17th league title. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along to the Blood Red channel as we look back on a season in which Kenny Dalglish's side had led from the front, going 29 games unbeaten from the start of the season, as well as seeing off Nottingham Forest at Anfield just 10 days prior to securing the title. It was a season in which the Reds showed just how superior they were to the rest. Well, to look back on that title win, the complete nature of the side, and comparisons also with the current group, masterminded by Jurgen Klopp. It's a pleasure to say that on the line is former Liverpool midfielder Ray Houghton. Ray, thanks for your time. 32 years since that win over Spurs, Peter Beardsley grabbing the only goal in the game. I bet it doesn't feel as though it was quite 32 years ago, does it? Yeah, well, I can. <laughs> I try to think back that far. It's obviously, uh, there's a lot of games that I've played in between. Um, so yeah, it does seem that uh, that long ago, but uh, amazing times, absolutely fantastic, and uh, you know something to savor. You know when you reflect when you finished your career, you know certain highlights that stand out, and certainly that season was one of them. Obviously, it was your first year at Anfield at Liverpool as well, and arrived in the September. And I suppose even by then, it was about wrestling the title back from Everton, and everything must have been driven towards that because Liverpool were obviously such a, a huge and successful side winning title after title at that time yeah well they, they had been that's for sure but obviously there was a change over um, maybe a change in style of play as well if you, if you like because Ian Rush had left to go to Juventus John Aldridge came in in the January and that summer uh, John Barnes and then Peter Beasley came in so there was certainly a, a change to the style of play from Liverpool you know, they hadn't really had a winger like John Barnes, you know, and someone who, you know, out and out took players on. Liverpool was always a ball retention team. And all of a sudden now you, you've brought in someone a bit different. And if you look at the dynamic of John uh, Aldridge, his first full season, if you like, at the start, um, then Peter Beasley coming in, John Barnes coming in. There was a change to the way that uh, Liverpool uh, were playing up front um, and they started brilliant I remember a game against QPR when they completely outplayed them I think I went there with Oxford and we got well beaten by them um, so yeah going there I knew what a formidable side they were but some of the football they played you know and I think if you go back in the history of Liverpool from the start of a season I know the, the, the current team have been on a longer run of games uh, unbeaten but from the first game of the season I think that season, 87-88, was Liverpool's best start. I think they went 29 games unbeaten. 
I think it was the 30th game with a lot we lost to Everton when Wayne Clark scored the only goal of the game at Goodison. But I think if you go back in history books, that's the best ever start uh, from the start of the season from a Liverpool side uh, to this day. So it just shows you how formidable that season was. Yeah, you're absolutely bang on. As you say, the 29-game the unbeaten run equaling Leeds United, I think, from the early 70s as well. And mm-hmm. That team coming in and, as you say, how that forward line was reshaped in the space of one summer, Ian Rush leaving. You'd obviously played with John Aldridge at Oxford. Okay, he, he had arrived in the January beforehand, but that an absolutely huge task. And for each, each of you four guys coming in, I suppose there was that pressure that you knew you had to deliver from the off. Yeah, the, th- the thing was, though, I mean, if you look at Liverpool, I think they went to Arsenal quite early on. It might have even been the first game of the season and won. So I think they got off to an absolute flyer. And then some of the football they were playing, I think they beat Newcastle, beat QPR, as I say. Um, they were really playing well. And there was a confidence about them. So they, they had winners, you know, so the likes of Brisk Robler and Gold and Stevie Nicol and yeah, Alan Anson, uh, Mark Lawrenson. Uh, Gary Gillespie Ronnie Wien and Steve McMahon these are all proven winners these lads have done it before so they knew what you know winning was all about um, maybe they had lost you know just one season or two where they were off it for, for a season or so but then you know they came flying back and allied to that was as I say John Peter John Barnes and then myself coming in uh, and it was just a you know we, we had to fit into Somewhat the way that Liverpool played, uh, ball keeping the ball, but um, you know we've, some of the performances and the and the results that we got were, were absolutely exceptional, the, and the football that was being played, and the fans bought into it, and the more they enjoyed it, the more we enjoyed playing. Training was never you know never a problem; it's always extra competitive. Um, but for you know the four new lads, if you like, it was something new. You know we. Certainly none of us had won the league before. So this was something that, uh, you know, we we were really uh, enjoying, uh, reveling in. Uh, and it was, you know, sensational team to be involved in because just every week it was you were going out and you were just churning out results. It was always great football. Don't get me wrong, we didn't play great every week. But the mentality was unbelievable. It was something that really impressed upon me was the mentality of the other players and how they just knew how to get a game done and get the points. And thank you very much. Off to the next game. Was it, I suppose then, rather than, than have pressure, was it enjoyable? Was it just a case of you guys, oh, it got to yeah. a stage where you just went out and sort of, I wouldn't say got complacent and knew you were going to win, but with the quality of players you had, you were just out there enjoying yourselves? Yeah, I mean, it was only on reflection. When I, when I look back on my career, it was probably three seasons, uh, and I was a pro twenty. But for three seasons, uh, you, you were going out and it wasn't a case of uh, if you were going to win, it was how many you were going to win by. And that was 87, 88, 88, 89 and 89, 9. And all three years, we could have won the double. I think my first year, we won the league, lost the FA Cup final to Wimbledon. following season, we won the FA Cup against Everton and lost the league on goal difference to Arsenal. And the following season, we won the league and lost the semi-final of the FA Cup to Crystal Palace after extra time. That's how dominant Liverpool were. And that was the level that they'd got to. And, and it wasn't uh, arrogance. It was just that we had a, a supremely talented squad of players. You know, there wasn't just the 11 that was starting. And, you know, you had to play well to keep your position. And you knew that because there was something, someone chomping at the bit when you come in and take your place. So 
So that's what drove you on, the enjoyment, of course, the playing well, the winning, but also the fear that someone was going to come in and replace you. So you had to be on top of your game every week. Yeah, and I suppose one of the things that really underlines that, obviously, in the modern era, a lot of people think of Man United and how dominant they were. But prior to, to your arrival, Ray, at the club, Liverpool had won the league nine times in the previous 15 years. They'd finished second yeah. on five occasions and only <laughs> finished outside of the top two once. They finished fifth in 81. But, of course, in that year, won a League Cup and European Cup double. So it, it really does highlight just how strong it was. People talk about winning one trophy a year. You guys weren't doing that. You were often winning doubles and sort of trebles, dependent on sort of where you stand with community shields and super cups and the like. Over that period, there were there were 30-odd major honours won. Yeah, and also don't forget, in 87, 88, we were out of Europe because of the Heysel ban. So we didn't even have the chance to prove ourselves in Europe, which would have been interesting because the dominant team was AC Milan at that time in Europe. But the way that we were playing and the squad that we had, we, we believed that we would be more than competitive against the, the likes of uh, any European team at that particular time. Um, so that was a, a you know a trophy that we couldn't go for, uh, but certainly we felt that we had the capability to do well in that competition. But just I mean that was Liverpool's trait. It was just about you know every game commitment, attitude, effort. They were the bywords of the club. You know, it wasn't about you know you know we're better than everyone else. That wasn't the case. You had to prove yourself every game. Yeah, you might you might have better players, but They'll run as hard as you. They're going to, you know, outwork if your if your attitude's not right. So that was always forced upon you. Make sure that the opposition uh, don't outrun you. They don't outfight you. You have to be prepared for that. And once the game settles down with ability and the team, that then we could start taking, you know, take control of the match. And I suppose that's almost underlined in the way that Liverpool have got back to that value now. Jurgen Klopp always talking about yeah. intensity being the identity for Liverpool right now. And I suppose it is the old adage that the best teams are the teams that run the hardest that decides that therefore then make their opposition work even harder. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, there's no easy route to football. You know, you can't just say, right, uh, you have the ball, we'll have the ball and let's have a little game that way. That's not how football works. You have to dominate your opposition and that's if they work hard you've got to work even harder you know because that's the little things it's the little parts of the game that's uh, that, that, that makes a difference and that certainly was the case with Liverpool because I said not you know that season 29 games on season uh, 29 games unbeaten <clears throat> not every game will be brilliant there was other, you know, there was games when it was tight but we found a way to win and that's because we worked hard we defended well we defended in numbers we attacked in numbers uh, even when we weren't on the game, we found a way to win matches. That's the difference between the great teams, the best teams, and the also-rounds, is they find a way to do it. And certainly, I think what you're saying about the current team has been shown this season. You know, that so far, when you look at what Liverpool have done, not every game have they been the dominant team, but they found a way to win. And it's not always been about great football. It's been about last minute someone coming up with an important goal to win you the game. You know, that's endurance. That's, you know, that's testimony to their, uh, their psyche and their, their, their attitude, which are going into games. I think Jurgen Klopp bought into what Liverpool were about and the reason why they were so successful throughout the years, and that is down to hard work. But if you work harder than the opposition, you normally win games because if you've got good ability as well as working hard, when they're in gel together, you've got a formidable force. And I suppose it's one of those that people are always looking for 
when I say that, journalists, reporters, commentators, the like, are always looking for that buzzword. The what is the key ingredient that it is to being such a successful side? But the way you speak about the side that you you were part of, that up until this season, and it, it is the side even that this team is compared against. The, the buzzword sort of seems to be actually that things were kept quite simple. Very simple. I think that the overcomplicates it, it makes it much more difficult. You know, if you give people the uh, the, the job of going out there and just working hard, give them a, you know, a, not a set way of playing, but, you know, there's sort of parameters of what you can do. But you need good players. You need you need players on the pitch that are good enough to make the right decision at the right time. You know, and that was one of the things, certainly with Ronnie Moran and Roy Evans and, and Kenny, was work it out for yourself. We know the answers, but we want you to work it out. And the reason for that is they can give you instructions from the side but they can't play the pass for you. You have to have, you know, the awareness and the ability to know what you do at the right time. And it doesn't matter. You might have practiced a thousand times in training. It might come off once, but you've got to be adaptable. You've got to say, right, that's not working. That's not happening. How can I change it? What can I do differently? And that's thinking for yourself. And that's what good players do. And the other thing that I certainly noticed when I went to Liverpool is options. When you get the ball, you need players who want the ball from you who are in good positions and that's what Liverpool have got now when someone's on the ball they're not isolated they've got people they can pass the ball to so the more options you've got the easier the game is The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo I was looking through a number of the the numbers in in research before talking with you, Ray, and looking at crowd numbers. And the biggest crowd you had that season was on on the day. Of course, you secured the title, the 1-0 win at home over Tottenham Hotspur. I suppose thinking back then and obviously the current situation we find ourselves in, it is a case of when Liverpool win the league, not if. It must have been absolutely bouncing at Anfield on that day. Whereas now, obviously, when football does return, it, it, of course, looks as though it'll be behind closed doors and the fans have waited so long for another league title and, unfortunately, could be denied seeing the moment it happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, listen, I've got people who, when I got the games and I got on the train on the Sunday, normally, to go and do a match at Anfield, I've got people who I meet on the train who've never missed a game for the last 25 years, home or away. Friendlies, you name it, you know, pre-season matches, they've never lost a match, they never missed a game. And they might have to miss out on one of the biggest, which is the one where Liverpool hopefully pick up the title. But I think, you know, they understand the predicament that we're in as, in, as, as, a, as a nation, as, as a world, uh, with this pandemic that we've got at the moment. And people's safety comes first. But listen, when they finally pick up that title, there'll be no one, there'll be no more happier people than the uh, Anfield supporters around the world, the Liverpool fans around the world. Because they've actually endured 30 years of, of torture, to be honest, since we last won it. And it has been torture. And the ribbon that they've had from everyone that's won it, apart from them. And they've had a great rivalry with Manchester United over the years. And I think United hadn't won it for 26 years until they won it in 92, 93. So Liverpool gave them a lot of ribbon. And then it was the other way around, where Manchester United were doing it to Liverpool. So Liverpool now, if they can win it, will know they're back. When in the... Champions League last year, being in the last two Champions League finals, and then to win the Holy Grail for me, which is the title, something that's been so loose for so long, to win that would be absolutely fantastic and get them back to where they know they belong and where they can be competing 
season on season. Uh, and I'm absolutely delighted that, you know, after last season and, you know, the run that they had, that you win seven draws, one defeat, which wasn't enough. But they came out with a character, unique character, to come out the following season when you've been so close and you think, how did how, how didn't we win that? It's nearly, nearly impossible not for them to win with 97 points, but they didn't. But to show the character, the determination, the desire to come out this season and go again speaks volumes for the manager and the playing staff at the club because they've not felt sorry for themselves. They came out and said, let's go again. And they have done. And they deserve enormous respect. And that's why I think the season has to be finished is because these boys deserve it. For everything they put into the game this, uh, this campaign, they deserve to be champions because they've proven themselves what uh, great character they've got and attitude. And that's been the uh, the reason why they've shown you know, that they're the best this season. Yeah, and this 88 side that you were part of often sort of, as I say, pinned up as the the great Liverpool side, one of the best of all time. And I suppose highlighted even more by the fact that you beat Forest 5-0, obviously a game that you scored. It was only, I think, 10 days or, or so, a couple of weeks ago anyway. We, we did look back on it on the Blood Red channel and that being such a massive game, but that one of 11 times in your 40 league games that season that, that you guys scored four or more goals. I know you said before you didn't win every game by a huge scoreline, but there were games where it did absolutely click and you blew opposition away, even Forest, one of the best sides in the league. Yeah, I mean, that now you could have been 10. I mean, Forest players will be the first to acknowledge that. But that just shows you, you know, we beat them in the FA Cup semi-final on the Saturday We'd gone down to London on the Sunday because uh, it was the Player of the Year award. John Barnes had won it. Uh, numerous players from Liverpool were in the team of the season. Um, and then we came back and played on the Tuesday night, I think it was, and put on a performance like that. Uh, once again, it just showed the confidence within the, the group that we had. It showed you the ability in the team. It showed you that we could tear any team apart if, when, they, when we were on song. And that night, I think the great... Tom Finney said it was one of the greatest performances he's seen from a club side. That in itself tells you all you need to know. That's not that's not the Liverpool fans telling you that. That's not the Liverpool players telling you that. This is an England great who has watched football for a number of years and been there, seen um, you know the way that uh, we performed that night. You know, just for him. To say that, that those things just shows you how good the performance was, um, and as I say, it, it could easily you know been double figures, and that's taken nothing away from Nottingham Forest, who were just shell shocked, you know, because of the level of football and the way that we played that night. And I suppose just one final point on you mentioned John Barnes, of course, winning the the Player of the Year awards, and the way in that front four that you were part of came together. The Liverpool recruitment drive they've been on under Jurgen Klopp with Michael Edwards as sporting director has yeah. been revered, and people talk about it all the time. But what happened under Kenny Dalglish at that time was assembled in the space of six months, as opposed to Jurgen Klopp, of course, and and. FSG forming it over a few years it really was dropped in and worked from day one was it a telepathic thing or was it something you guys did actually have to, to work on no I mean listen all it was was players who wanted to prove themselves so John had been at Watford and obviously everyone knew about his ability uh, England International but could he step up and that's that's a big call that's, that's questioned for, for people who move from smaller clubs 
like Watford. I came from Oxford. John came from Oxford. Peter had been at a variety of clubs when he came as well. You know, Peter was a you know Vancouver Whitecaps before. You know, and he, he he'd been around, and then wanted to prove himself, and then did by coming to the biggest club at that particular time, um, and proving themselves. You know what, what true great players they were. I mean, John, the best player I played with at, at Liverpool, he had unbelievable ability. But he got he got the platform from uh, the ma- manager and from the players. You know, we all knew his ability, and we knew that he could be a match winner, a game changer. Likewise with Peter, you know. And then obviously John's goal scoring record was phenomenal. Uh, I, I I was on the the right hand side, come up with a few goals and. Um, made a, made a few goals for for the other players as well, but it was the other players in the team like Ronnie, like Nigel Spackman, like Steve McMahon and Stevie Nickel and and Gary and Gary Adler, Stevie Stone and, and Big Al and Bruce. You know they were the cornerstone. They knew they could handle the pressure. They'd been through it all before. We hadn't. You know we hadn't been to that level before where the pressure was on you. The Anfield crowds expecting, you know, they've, they, they, the crowd, you said it was at nine out of 15 titles. These fans were used to winning titles and they wanted wanted more. So it was up to us to try and, you know, live up to that expectation. But hopefully with the football that we played, we did that. And the fans thoroughly enjoyed the football that we played. Uh, and, you know, it made an impression on them because it certainly made an impression on us. You know, they, we we knew we were at the biggest club, and you know there was no better feeling than doing what the other teams had done before you, know, which is to win the big trophies, and that's what we did. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it was, good. it was to be one of two titles, league titles. Of course, you you won at Liverpool, and just a word, final word, just on a personal point of view, in terms of how much it means to be a league champion, to win that league title. We've, we've almost seen it, I suppose, with Jordan Henderson this year. He, he lifts the Champions League trophy last year and then it's almost like a coat of armour he wears now. He's, he's morphed into something beyond just the Liverpool captain and a player. It must mean so much, even perhaps without realising it at the time. Yeah, but what, what you might remember, there's... There's there's two clubs, in my opinion, who are world renowned and have been for a number of years. That's Manchester United and Liverpool. You know, if you go around the world, they're the clubs that, you know, you'll see the most supporters of because of what players had done previously. And that's what you're always looking for. You are now, as players, part of a unique club. Uh you're part of one of the biggest clubs in world football. You, you've done things there that others maybe not have done it. You know, other other teams. You're part of this unique club now, and that's what I reflect on is that I played for the, the biggest club in England in that particular time, and was reasonably successful. And I'm part of a unique club that have done so well for a number of years, and that's what Jordan will be thinking as well that he's part of that. You know, he's picked up the big trophies. When you don't win anything, that's always levelled against you. In a light-hearted way, but it's still levelled against you. You didn't win the big trophies, the big the, the, the big, the big, ones. And the ones that have, you know, you're part of a unique club. Um, and that's what, 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 what uh, Liverpool's about. It's putting on that red shirt, playing with pride, playing with determination and being successful. And that's what... Uh, 
you know, what you're remembered for. Everyone, I mean, and, and, and regardless if you, did, you win on, you won or not, you have played for that very, very special football club. And that's what it is. It is one of the, as I say, powerhouses of world football. Uh, has been, uh, is now, and will be in the future. Well, Ray, no better place to, to wrap things up. Appreciate your insight. And yeah, absolutely brilliant to listen to you, I'm sure. I could listen to you to you all day talk about things, but it'd be unfair to keep you all day. But thanks a lot for your time, as I said. Thanks, Guy. Thanks very much. Ray Houghton there summing up exactly what it takes and means to be a champion. Of course, we hope it won't be that long until Jurgen Klopp's side are able to get their hands on the title. But absolutely fascinating to hear from a member of the 1988 vintage a side often pinned up as the greatest Liverpool side of them all. Well, that's all from us here this time on the Blood Red channel. Thank you very much for your time and company. Until next time, though, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.